Hello everybody and welcome back to Energetics and Alchemy for those who are new and this might be your first episode you're listening to. My name is Kira and for those of you who have listened before, welcome back. I am back from my Perth trip. I've been away for two weeks so this is the first time I'm jumping on to record in at least two weeks, potentially three weeks. I don't remember when the last episode I recorded actually was. (laughs) But it has definitely been a little while. So yes, I'm back from my Perth trip. It was a really amazing trip overall. Although it was one of those trips that definitely came with challenges. I was over there for two weeks from Brisbane. And I spent the two weeks with my sister and her partner and my new little nephew, who is absolutely gorgeous. I was meeting him for the first time on this trip. He's only three months old and he's just the cutest, sweetest, smiliest little squish I've ever met. He was really, really sweet, very smiley, very happy little boy. So yeah, it was really beautiful getting to meet him. He's my first like nephew or niece. Um, So he's the first, first child out of like me and my siblings. So yeah, it's been really special having him in the family and getting to meet him. And I got to spend a whole two weeks with him, so that was really special. And Sam, my partner, flew over for the second week I was over there, so all four or five of us with Arius, um, yeah, got to spend some quality time together. So it was a really nice time, and it was a really beautiful trip, but it was also filled with quite a few moments (laughs) that really felt like they were just like tests from the universe like it felt like the universe was testing me at times um but yeah like more than your usual though like you know when you just have like little patches in life where it just feels like you're just rolling with the punches and the universe is just like throwing crappy <laughs> that's what it felt like at one point in particular um so when Sam my partner flew over we all went down south to Margaret River for a two-night stay For those of you who are familiar with Perth, um, you'll know where Margaret River is. For those of you who aren't from Australia or maybe just aren't familiar with Perth, it's like a kind of winery region that's like south of Perth. And let me tell you, while we were down there, I was convinced somebody had hexed me or something. I was just having one of those experiences where it felt like everything that could go wrong went wrong. And it started literally the day we got down there. So we drove down in the morning. It's about a four hour drive. And once we got to like Margaret River area, I wanted to go straight to the beach when we got there. I'm a big swimming person when it's hot. I love to be at the beach. I love to be in the pool. Um, Yeah, as soon as it's like hot weather, I just feel like I need to be like submerged in water to be happy. So after the four hour drive, we got to like Margaret River area and I found this really beautiful little like natural spa rock pool kind of deal. So Sam and I headed straight there. It was literally like the first stop of our trip down south. It was hot as hell and I was so keen to have a swim. And while we were walking down to the rock pool, I tripped and absolutely stacked it on rocks (laughs) And it grazed all up my leg and either like broke or sprained my toe. I'm still not 100% sure whether it was broken or just sprained or what the difference even really is between the two. But I messed up one of my toes to the point of being like borderline unable to walk. 
And being literally the first stop of our trip down south, I was obviously like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to walk for this entire trip and my entire rest of my time in Perth. Um, so yeah, that was fun. But yeah, so I stacked it. I managed to like still walk to the Rockfall. We still got to have a swim, which was really nice. My leg was literally like bloody from being grazed. But um, we made it work. I was determined to still get in the water. So we achieved that. And I made it through the day, but that night it was like severe pain. Like I think as the like shock and adrenaline wore off, it set in more, like the pain set in more. But anyway, long story short, it ended up being okay-ish and I was able to walk for the rest of the trip, which was my main concern that I wasn't going to be able to. Um, so yeah, that was okay, like a rough start to the trip, but it ended up being okay. And in saying that, it's still actually not 100%. Like, my toe is still still sore and swollen. So, again, I don't know whether it's sprained or broken. I don't really know how to even tell. And I know there's not much you can do for toes that are injured. <laughs> um, but, yeah, look, we're making it work. I was able to walk and that's all that matters. So that was the first little hiccup we experienced. And then that night we decided to go to, like, the local Coles in, like, the town centre to get some, like, snacks and stuff for the night and as we were pulling out of the car park from there, we noticed we had a popped tire. And I won't go into details with like the tire situation, but it was a whole ordeal. It took like several hours to get sorted. It basically like ate up the entire like first night of our trip down south. Like we just spent it trying to get this tire sorted. Um, we like struggled to get dinner that night because everywhere was like closing. We ended up just getting dominoes and that was an ordeal as well. It really just was one of those situations where like every little thing was going wrong. We were in like an unfamiliar town and all of our phones were going flat and we realized we didn't have like access to a phone charger. It was just a whole thing. <laughs> but anyway, we got that sorted and the car was okay and my toe was sore, but I was still optimistic and then the next day, so on the second day of our trip down south, I woke up being like, okay, like good vibes today, good vibes. Um, and then that afternoon, we decided to go to the beach again for another swim. And I somehow managed to drop my phone at the beach without realizing. And it was sitting in really shallow water for about 15 minutes before I noticed it like I kind of just stumbled across it and was like oh someone dropped their phone and then realized it was my phone <laughs> and again long story short it was completely destroyed I had only bought this phone literally like a couple of weeks before we left for the trip or before I left for Perth um so I'd only had it for like three or four weeks at this point so it was a new phone as well that I'd just spent like quite a bit of money on <laughs> um so yeah that was destroyed and in the span of like 24 hours, I had broken my toe, we popped a car tire and my phone was ruined. So at that point I was like, okay, who has hexed me? <laughs> and in hindsight, and obviously particularly bearing in mind like the current events going on in the world, I can absolutely acknowledge that these are really not big deals. Like I'm fine. Everyone I love is fine and was fine on the trip. Everything was fixable and they're really like non-issues in retrospect. But it's one of those things where at the time it definitely just felt like something was against me. Like it was very much so a what have I done to deserve all of this moment? But I took it as an opportunity 
to practice what I preach on here. So after each kind of little incident, I remained in pretty good spirits. Like I'm obviously a pretty optimistic person. I always have been and I really pride myself on that. I actually have um, a tattoo that says still the optimist. It was the first tattoo I ever got. So <laughs> always been on those like optimistic vibes. So despite everything, I was very like, okay, this is fine. But after the phone incident and all three things happening so close together, I was feeling a bit defeated. Like, again, I felt like something was just against me. And I was feeling like the world just didn't want me to be happy or to be having a nice time on that trip. So I let myself feel the feels because, as I always say on here, like, we're not about the, like, toxic positivity, like, have to be happy all of the time. So... I let myself feel the feels. I let myself feel sorry for myself just for one night. And I literally cried to Sam that night and was like, I don't want to get up tomorrow because I'm actually scared of what tomorrow is going to hold. Like everything just seems to be going wrong. And I let myself process those emotions and just feel it and be like, this sucks because sometimes we just have to do that. So I didn't beat myself up for feeling that way. I was just like, it is what it is. This is how I feel right now. I'm just going to let myself have this moment of like literally crying in bed and being like, oh my God, like life is not doing me well right now. But the next day I woke up and I shifted the perspective and I shifted back into being like, nope, this isn't like a run of bad luck. I'm not cursed. Nobody's hexed me. Everything is Okay. And we went and I bought a new phone that day and I had to pull myself out of like the scarcity mindset as well of being upset that I was having to spend like another $800 for another phone just a few weeks after I'd already spent that and some on a new phone. And instead of feeling sorry for myself, I decided to just feel grateful that I could afford to just go and buy a new phone like that. That was a decision that I had to make though, like I had to choose to shift into that abundance mindset and look at it as a really amazing thing that I'm in a position where stuff like that can happen and it's not a big deal like I can lose a phone and it's not it's not gonna have like a lasting impact on me or anything like money is just money money is energy I told myself it would come back at some point like we can always make more money and after all of that the rest of the trip was good and things definitely went a lot smoother from that point forward but yes, it was definitely one of those times where I felt like I was being tested and I was literally like, what is like, <laughs> what's the lesson I need to learn here? Like what, why am I being sent all of these experiences that are just like, feel like punches? But yeah, we got through it and the rest of the trip was really, really good. Although at the end of the trip, we did actually get evacuated due to the bushfires that were happening in Perth. And my sister and her family had a really close call with their home. The fire was like literally just burning streets away and it was a really big out of control fire. And like the weather conditions in Perth were really not good. Like it was spreading really quickly. So that was a really scary experience as well. Just the whole evacuation process and knowing that their house was at risk. And I'm not going to go into that too much on here because it's a whole story in itself. But yeah, that happened on the last day of our trip. So the trip did end on a little bit of a downer at the time just because of that. We flew out literally the night that 
everyone was evacuated. So we were obviously staying at my sister's house and got the evacuation notice. And then Sam and I flew out like late that night and they went like literal days without knowing the state of their home. So that was definitely upsetting, obviously more so for them, but for all of us, just, yeah, not a very nice note to end the trip on. But luckily their home ended up being okay, which we were all obviously really grateful for. And there were houses lost in the fire. So there definitely were people affected, which is really heartbreaking. And I can't even imagine what the people affected would be going through and have been going through these past, the past week. It's only been a week since it all kind of went down. Um, but yeah, so that was a really scary experience and very sad for those who have been affected. Um, as I said, we were all really grateful that luckily my sister's home wasn't affected, but it was very, very, very close to being damaged. Like it was honestly just like luck at that point that it wasn't. Um, so yeah, overall a very like up and down roller coastering kind of trip. And obviously the bushfire situation and ending on that really just put a lot of stuff in life into perspective, including the stuff I was just talking about, like the injury and popped tire and broken phone. As I said, like in retrospect, that stuff is so, so, so minor. Um, like it's really nothing in comparison to a lot of other people's circumstances. Like it's literally just stuff that you fix and move on and forget about within like a day. It's not big deals. So that definitely helped to put the hiccups we experienced earlier on the trip into perspective and to just really appreciate everything we have instead of focusing on like the minor things going wrong. So yes, definitely a whirlwind trip. Um, Really beautiful time spent with family. We got to do lots of fun stuff over there. But yeah, definitely a very emotional roller coaster, as I mentioned. Um, so yeah, that's my little Perth trip update. Um, I am really glad to be home, but I'm definitely also missing being over there and missing being with my family over there. It's kind of like that bittersweet feeling you get when a holiday is over and you're like happy to be back in your space and back at home. And I missed the cats and stuff, obviously. So it's nice to be back at home and in routine. But it's also always sad when a holiday is over, especially when you're getting to spend time with family and whatnot and knowing you won't see them for quite a while. So, um, but yeah, I've just been adjusting to being back at home over the past week. So I hope everyone else has been really well and has been safe and having a good time with life. I wanted to record a bit of a like juicy episode because I know it's been a while since I have been on here. So um, yeah, I wanted to record like a good episode. <laughs> Not that the other episodes aren't good, but I just wanted to, you know, treat you all to a particularly good episode. So I'm really excited to record this one and the reason it's a really juicy episode is because I'm actually going to go over essentially like a step-by-step -step process for manifesting. So we obviously talk a lot on here about how to manifest in like a broad sense, like I talk a lot about just what manifestation is and like what the process is in like a very broad way and tips and tricks and all of that kind of stuff. But I realized recently 
when my partner asked me to teach him how to do it, I haven't actually really spoken about like a step-by-step breakdown of the process at all or my process anyway. So he listens to the podcast and he actually listens to every episode, which I'm very appreciative of. (laughs) And I had mentioned to him that um, recently, just before I went to Perth, I had mentioned to him that everything I had written down on like a recent manifestation list that I did up had come to fruition. Just little things, nothing major, like just very small manifestations. But I like messaged him one day being like, oh, like the last thing on my list just dropped in. And later that day or that night, he was like, can you teach me how to do it? His exact words were, you know how you wrote down the things on that list and they happened for you. Can you teach me how you actually do that? And so when he asked me that, I was kind of like, well, you listen to the podcast, so surely you already have like a bit of an idea of what to do. But then I realized that I haven't actually really given a breakdown of like specific steps. So... That's what I want to share with you all today, a breakdown of the actual process I use when it comes to manifesting. So I've been absorbing a lot of content in like the spiritual and manifestation worlds for quite a number of years now. Um, As I've spoken about in previous episodes, like I feel like my interest in like law of attraction and manifestation kind of set in when I was pretty young, maybe like 17, 18. So that's honestly close to like 10 years now that I've been like reading books and just absorbing information in that kind of world. So I feel like I've definitely read about a lot of techniques and tried a lot of techniques myself. And I've seen a lot of trends over the years, like the recent TikTok ones where you write down what you want, like a million times in a notebook and all of that kind of stuff. The, um, I can't think of what it's called, but there's one in particular that I think was trending recently and it was like a number, it was called like something to do with numbers, like the 365 method or something like that. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was called, (laughs) 345 method, something like that. Um, But yeah, so I feel like I have seen my fair share of like trends and I've done a lot of like workshops and Um, followed a lot of coaches and whatnot for a number of years. So I feel like I have, yeah, seen a lot of techniques and whatnot used. And I'm going to be honest, I've actually had success with manifestations where I have literally just written what I wanted on a piece of paper or in a notebook like a number of times. And that has actually worked out for me. But the thing is, it's not actually writing what you want down on a piece of paper that actually gets you the thing like yes of course that puts it out to the universe and it can be really helpful but the thing I have learnt over the years is that it really is more than that like it's not just about writing down what you want and that thing just comes to you it sounds kind of cheesy but to really be in a space where things are kind of just flowing to you quite easily and you're able to manifest pretty easily and you're in that kind of like magnetic energy. It really is like a shift in lifestyle and mindset and beliefs. And the things that you desire come to you when you're matching the energy and when you're feeling worthy and when you're essentially setting yourself up to receive them. And that's not to say that you won't be able to manifest anything until you've like completely overhauled your lifestyle or anything like that. Obviously, that's not necessarily the case. 
you can still manifest from where you are in life right now, regardless of where you are. But for it to become like an easy, flowy kind of vibe that comes from a place of really just embodying that energy. And to do that, as we've discussed many times before, the key to that is really shifting our beliefs and shifting our perspective and shifting how we show up. But yes, anyway, as I was saying, I've absorbed a lot of content over the years. I've done courses with different coaches. I've done workshops. I listen to multiple podcasts on like a regular basis that talk about this kind of stuff. And the way that I go about manifesting has, of course, just come from like a blend of all of the different information I've absorbed over the years and all of the things that I have found work for me and not only work for me but that I enjoy doing because it's not necessarily like a singular one-size-fits-all approach you do to an extent have to kind of find what works for you. So I've taken what I've learned, sifted through all the different techniques and information, and I've narrowed down a process that I find works for me and that I enjoy doing and, yeah, that I've seen results from. So that's what I'm going to be sharing with you today. So this is a breakdown on how I personally go about manifesting the things that I desire And I would recommend when following these steps to actually like journal on them. So this is what I do. I write it all down. I have like a particular notebook that I use for manifesting and journaling. And it also makes it really fun to have like a physical notebook that you've written stuff down in um, to look at and come back to in the future, like six months or a year down the track. And to actually be able to like go back and read what you are manifesting and reflect on the things that have come to you. So yes, my recommendation is to actually start a journal and start writing stuff down. So without further ado, we will jump straight into the process. (laughs) So the number one step before anything else is to actually get clear on what it is that you want. So sometimes we think that we know what we want, but we haven't actually really gotten clear on the where, what, and why of it. And we haven't like refined what we want. So for example, if you're trying to manifest a relationship, actually get clear on what that means to you and what that looks like to you. So instead of just being like, I'm manifesting a relationship, Think about the specifics of what you actually want and what that looks like and what kind of dynamic does the relationship have and what characteristics does your partner have and why do you want the relationship? And I say why because obviously like the immediate response to that is like I want a relationship because I want a relationship. But the thing is there's always like a deeper reason for why we want to have the things that we want. Like we don't just want things for the sake of having them. There's always a reason why we want it. So for a relationship, for example, you might be wanting a relationship because you want to feel loved and you want to feel supported and to have somebody to share all of your like highs and lows with and to have somebody to lean on when times get tough and you want somebody to share your life with. Those are the reasons you want a relationship. And in saying that, you can kind of view it from the point of like, it's not even a relationship necessarily that you want. It's those experiences that you want. You're manifesting feeling loved and feeling supported and having somebody to share everything with. 
So think about the deeper thing that that thing actually offers to you. And so this applies to like material things too and like smaller things. Like it doesn't have to be this big, deep, like I want a relationship because I want to feel loved. Like it can be smaller material things as well. (laughs) So if you're manifesting a car, for example, actually write down what you want, what budget, what make and model, what color, new or secondhand, actually get clear on the specifics of what you want beyond just, I want a new car. Think about what that car will offer to you. I want freedom. I want to be able to drive myself around. I want to be able to get from A to B. I want to be able to explore. I want to be able to go on adventures. Dive deeper into what you want beyond just, I want a new car or I want a new job or I want a relationship or I want to manifest a holiday. Actually get into the specifics of what it is that you want. Where do you want to go on a holiday to? Like, what are you actually trying to manifest? Think of it like driving without Google Maps. So you can get in a car and be like, I want to go to the beach. And you can start driving to the general direction of the beach. But if you're in an unfamiliar area and you haven't actually thought about the specifics of where you want to go and you haven't put the specific location into Google Maps you might end up somewhere near the beach, but not quite there. Or you might end up nowhere near the beach at all. You might end up in like a forest. (laughs) So you need to have a clear direction of what you're actually trying to get to. And this is also where we can kind of get inspired and have fun with it and start building vision boards and start to really envision what it is you desire. I often use Pinterest in this step as well. Like if I'm trying to manifest literally anything like a holiday or a car or like a home or (laughs) whatever I'm trying to manifest, I will go on Pinterest and start looking for like pictures of it and help me to envision what it is that I actually want, like the specifics of what I want. And so this also comes back to finding what works for you. Like for me, having those visual elements really helps me. Whereas for other people, like you might not be, Pinterest might not be your vibe and you might not want to find photos of what you're desiring but point being get really clear on what you actually want so that's step one step two is to me probably one of I mean all of the steps are important but I would say this is one of like the most important steps to focus on and to really like put some time into So step two is to recognize the blocks that may be holding you back from actually getting what you desire. And when I say blocks, I mean the ways in which you might be getting in your own way or just the things that are stopping you from getting to that desire. So one of the most common ways in which we generally are doing this is limiting beliefs. So often we have limiting beliefs around what we want Um, beliefs like we can't afford it or we're not worthy of it or it's not achievable for us or we could never have that or it's too expensive or it's just not possible all of these things other examples are things like procrastination and imposter syndrome and perfectionism and um, inner child wounds and trauma and all of that kind of stuff just the things that are blocking us from really actually getting to what we want The things that hold us back from going after what we desire or that cause us to self-sabotage. So this is where we're really getting into the realm of like shadow work, essentially. Like we want to be really going inward and actually like reflecting on 
what beliefs we're holding that are getting in the way and what we have experienced in life that has facilitated these beliefs. So I personally like to journal on this. I'll just kind of brain dump anything I can think of that could be holding me back. And I'll then go down the rabbit hole of what beliefs I'm holding and where they came from. So I'll really unpack like what the beliefs are that I'm holding that are preventing me from getting this thing and what in my life has actually led me to hold those beliefs. Like what have I learnt over my 26 years of life that have reinforced this belief? Where have I picked it up from? Um, So second to journaling on this, you could also meditate on it if journaling isn't really your thing. But regardless of how you go about doing it, the key thing that we want to be identifying here is the blocks we're holding and where they've actually come from. If we don't feel worthy of something, why don't we feel worthy? Like what belief are we holding that makes us feel unworthy and where has that actually come from? Like where have we picked up that belief? So some things to bear in mind when we're thinking about where we've picked beliefs up from is stuff like, have you picked it up from like a parent or is it something that you picked up through your childhood or from peers or from media? Like, where is that belief actually coming from? And again, yeah, this is where shadow work plays a big role and it's essentially going into our shadow and really working through the things that are holding us back or are preventing us from moving towards our desires. Because again, so much of manifestation is really just mindset work and not just like surface level mindset work, but like deep subconscious reprogramming. So like really reprogramming our beliefs. So if we believe that we're bad with money and that we're not good with money, that's going to be blocking us from manifesting money. We need to really reprogram that into like the opposite. We want to go in and identify those blocks and identify those beliefs and rewire them because our beliefs and our feelings of unworthiness are what hold us back from manifesting what we want. Feelings of like associating what we want with being unsafe are really common ones as well. So I feel like we've surely touched on this in a previous episode, but I can't name a specific episode off the top of my head, but when we associate what we want with not being safe, that also is a massive block. Like that's a massive thing that will block us from manifesting that. Again, using money as an example, if for some reason you feel like money isn't safe and bear in mind, this will generally be like a subconscious thing. Like if I say, do you feel like money is safe? Your immediate like conscious reaction might be like, well, yeah, like money is safe, (laughs) but Underneath that, on a subconscious level, you might be holding the belief that people who have a lot of money are like rich assholes. Like that might be the belief that you're carrying in your subconscious. And as a result of that, you, without even realizing it, are associating money with being unsafe because in your mind, you're kind of like, if I have a lot of money, I'm going to be a rich asshole as well. And if I'm a rich asshole, like, people won't like me, people won't want to be around me, like I won't be accepted. And that is essentially in our brains, a threat to our safety. And that all comes from like the evolutionary mind and the fact that acceptance to us equals safety. And like I said, that comes from like an evolutionary standpoint. Because back in the caveman days, we relied on being accepted and being part of a group to survive. So 
all of this like mindset stuff goes so far back. Like our brains are actually really still very similar to how they were back in the caveman days. We just don't realize it. Like it's all subconscious and unconscious. It's not stuff that we're conscious of. So safety is another big one. Like we want to think about, we really, really want to deep dive into how we actually feel about the thing that we desire on a deeper subconscious and unconscious level. Because how you think you might feel about that thing may not actually be how your brain feels about that thing. So that's what we really want to be looking at in this step. And step three kind of leads directly on from this. And it is to essentially begin adjusting our mindset and forming new beliefs. So this is where the subconscious work comes in and the rewiring of our current mindset. So this is where we want to start wiring our subconscious for success, essentially, and for calling in our desires. So visualization exercises, guided meditations, affirmations, subliminals, all of these things can help with rewiring those beliefs to serve us instead of holding us back. We want to start disproving and kind of undoing the beliefs that we hold that are preventing us from getting the thing that we desire. And sometimes it's as simple as going through the beliefs that you wrote down in the previous step or the like blocks that you identified and essentially just disproving them. So using the relationship example again, if you're trying to manifest a relationship, you might have found that you actually have a block around just worthiness of that relationship. Like you've gone deep into it and you're kind of like, I don't actually feel like I'm worthy of a really beautiful relationship. Like I just don't have that within me. So then we'd want to go down the rabbit hole of like, why do I not feel worthy? Like what in my life has caused me to feel like I'm not worthy? And you might identify that it's previous relationships you've been in. Like maybe you've been through like a slew of relationships that have left you just feeling really crummy and have really damaged your self-esteem and have left you feeling like you're not worthy of a good relationship. Maybe you're like, well, I dated this guy when I was like 18 and he cheated on me and that's just stuck with me. Like I've just had this feeling of not being worthy because he cheated and if I was worthy, he wouldn't have cheated and that's the belief I now hold is that I'm not worthy of a good relationship. From there, the rewiring process would look like essentially changing that belief. So the first step might just be to begin disproving it and begin writing down all of the reasons why you actually are worthy of a good relationship. And that guy that cheated on you when you were like 17 or 18 or whatever, why that wasn't a reflection of your worthiness and why it had more to do with who they were as a person and what they were going through. And we just want to be disproving it. So going through and being like, okay, well, that guy I was dating back then, like he was going through a lot of stuff. He wasn't a very nice person at the time. Like he made that decision. I did everything I could in that relationship to be the best partner I could be. And he made that choice. And that was not a reflection of me. Like it's just about going through those steps of starting to unpack those beliefs and really like looking at them and looking at where they've come from and then starting to disprove them and starting to shift them into new beliefs. And so along with this, in this step, this is where we also want to be looking for expanders. 
So we've talked about expanders before. If you haven't listened to the episode I did on expanders, it is definitely a must listen to. It was episode three, so very early on. But just a quick reminder, or for those of you who haven't listened to it yet, expanders are the people or places or things or experiences that show us that what we want is possible for us. So in this step, we want to start looking for people who have what we want and who make it feel achievable for us as well. So we want to start surrounding ourselves with expansive things and looking for ways we can incorporate expanders into our everyday lives. And so these don't necessarily need to be people that you know. Like for me, a lot of people I view as expanders are coaches and people I follow on Instagram and people who have podcasts and that kind of thing. Like people I can absorb content from just online. Like it doesn't need to be people that you're actually physically spending time with. But starting to surround ourselves with expanders and people who have what we desire and make it feel like it's possible for us to have it too, reinforces for our subconscious that what we want is possible for us. And this is a process, but a good initial exercise is to write out the expanders you already do have in your life for what you're calling in. And second to that, where you know you might be able to find others. So again, using the relationship example, if you're manifesting like your dream relationship, write down the expanders that you know in your life already. Like if there's anyone in your life who has the kind of relationship that you want, make note of that. Identify them as an expander for you. And then second to that, start to look for new expanders as well and look for places where you might find new expanders. So whether that's Instagram or whether it's like, you know, among your family and relatives, like try to kind of think of places where you can find expansive people. And if your expanders are people that you can actually directly reach out to, don't hesitate to do that. Like don't hesitate to reach out and kind of start picking their brains about how they got to where you want to be. Like if you know someone who's in a really beautiful, loving relationship, don't hesitate to get in touch with them and just be like, hey, like I absolutely adore and admire the relationship you have with XYZ person and I just want to pick your brain a little bit for relationship advice. The beauty of expanders is that they are people who are essentially like a step ahead of us. Like they have what we are trying to get to. And so they're really valuable sources of information and advice and guidance around essentially how to get what they have. And so again, this doesn't need to be people you necessarily know in person. It could be coaches or podcasters or influencers. You don't need to know these people in person. It can just be people that you can kind of absorb content from. So that's step three. So, so far we've gotten really clear on what we want. We've started to identify the blocks we have around that thing and the limiting beliefs we have and the reasons we might not feel worthy or safe to have that thing. And we've started to disprove those beliefs and rewire our brain and start incorporating things into our lives that are going to help reinforce in our subconscious that we actually can achieve those things. Again, guided meditations, visualization exercises, affirmations, all of that kind of stuff. 
And if you don't have a visualization exercise that you use or a guided meditation, I have a free download for one on my website. So energeticsandalchemy.com.au. It's completely free. It's an instant download and it's a really good resource for doing this kind of work, doing that subconscious reprogramming. So the next step, step four, is all about surrender and forgetting the how. So this is really important and definitely something we've spoken about many times before on the podcast. In order to manifest, we cannot be caught up on how things are going to come to us. This step is all about the art of co-creation and trusting the universe and surrendering. It's one of the easiest steps, I would say, and also one of the hardest at the same time. And the reason it's one of the easiest steps is because the beauty of it is that we don't need to do anything to surrender. We just need to allow ourselves to do exactly that, to just surrender. (laughs) And it's hard because doing so can be really, really difficult because our brains just love to like be in control and to be filling in like the blanks and being like, this is how it's going to happen. But this step is all about what we've talked about a number of times, which is just letting the universe do its thing and work its magic when it comes to how our manifestations are actually going to come to us. Yes, we want to be clear on what we want and why we want it and how we're holding ourselves back from getting it. But we also need to give the universe its own space to make this happen for us too. If we're stressing or in the energy of like desperation or chasing, this is like smothering the universe while it's trying to do its thing. So for this step, we literally just want to take a step back and start practicing the art of trusting and having blind faith, essentially. And in terms of actually putting this step into practice, it might look like just catching yourself when you're starting to stress about the how or you're starting to get into that mindset of like, wanting to fill in all the blanks and wanting to know exactly how it's going to happen, catching yourself and just being like, just surrender, (laughs) like just surrender, like release and let go and just surrender to the universe and just enjoy the ride and enjoy seeing how the magic unfolds. Again, meditation is really good here as well and mindfulness practices, bringing ourselves back into the moment and not stressing about the future because when we're filling in the blanks and trying to like figure out how we're going to get to a certain desire what we're essentially doing is just stressing about the future like we're literally just trying to work out how the future is going to play out and the thing is that nine times out of ten things don't unfold the way that we're expecting them to so any energy that we're putting into like working out exactly how things are going to play out is essentially just wasted energy That's not to say you can never have a plan for anything, obviously, like we do want to have plans when they're essential. But again, going back to the relationship example, if you're trying to manifest a relationship, you don't want to be spending every day stressing about how you're going to meet this partner that you're manifesting. Like you don't want to be staying up at night, stressing about how it's going to possibly work out for you. And I just want to note here as well, because the next step we're going into is um, aligned action. So essentially taking action steps and taking steps towards what we want is different to stressing about the how. So when we're taking aligned action steps, we're just essentially taking baby steps in the right direction, 
but we're not getting caught up on, I guess, like which direction is the right direction and how is this going to play out? Like we're not, we're not stressing so much about the future. We're just doing what feels right in the moment. And so, yes, that brings us to our final step, which is step five, taking aligned action steps. And yeah, this is where we're actually taking action. So we're making things happen. And for this step, we want to be thinking about two things. So the first one is how we can be an energetic match. So we've spoken about this before, but it's essentially how we can show up as the version of us who already has the thing that we are wanting. So how can we actually start embodying the version of us that has the thing before we actually have it? So with the relationship example, if we're manifesting a relationship, an example for this might be treating ourselves the way that we want to be treated in the relationship. So showing ourselves self-love and showing up in a way that reflects the kind of relationship that we're trying to call in. So for example, if you're in the dating scene and you're trying to call in like this really beautiful, healthy, supportive, loving relationship, one of the ways that you can embody that before you actually have it is by not accepting anything that isn't that. So when you're dating and when you're going on dates and talking to men, not accepting any kind of like disrespect or anything that is like below the standard of the kind of relationship you're trying to call in. Because the version of you that has that relationship wouldn't be tolerating like crappy men and crappy behavior. Like you'd be expecting high standards essentially. So that's just one example of how we can kind of become an energetic match for what we're trying to call in. We want to start embodying it before we actually have it. The version of you that's already in that really loving, beautiful relationship wouldn't be stressing and chasing men that aren't worth your time. Like you wouldn't be, you know, triple messaging some guy that's like not even like is just leaving you on scene or whatever. Like you want to start thinking about what that version of you would be acting like and start acting like it to the best of our ability in our current circumstances. Sometimes it's a little bit tricky. Like for example, the car example, like how can you kind of embody having the car before you actually have the car? But that's where we can get kind of creative. So for that, it might be a matter of like when you are driving your current car around, even if it's not the car that you actually want, act like it's the car that you want. Like just try to embody the energy of what you would be feeling if you were already in the car that you're trying to manifest. Do what you can in your current circumstances to embody it as much as possible. And then second to that, the second step of aligned action and actually aligning with what we want is asking ourselves what literal steps we could take to begin moving towards the direction of what we're trying to manifest. So going back to the Google Maps example I used earlier, imagine you're in your car and you've gotten clear on where you want to go. You've got Google Maps going. You've put your favorite beach in. You've surrendered your trust to Google Maps to get you to where you are wanting to go. But now it's up to you to put your foot on the pedal and actually accelerate and start moving. So for this step, we really want to be thinking about what action steps we can take that are in alignment with what we desire. So again, with the relationship situation, if it's a relationship you're manifesting, it might be downloading Tinder or another dating app or starting to look for opportunities where you could go out and you could be meeting new people. Like if you get invited to a party on the weekend, instead of just shutting it down, be like, 
actually, like, this could be an opportunity for, like, a step in the right direction. I'm going to go to the party. If it's a car you're manifesting, it might be that you go start looking at car yards. If it's a new job you're manifesting, it might be that you do up a new resume or update your current resume and actually start applying for jobs that are aligned with the kind of work you're looking for. So it's not about necessarily knowing exactly how things are going to work out, but it's about picking up on cues from the universe and taking steps when we have the opportunity to. So it's not about taking complete control because we want to remember that we are surrendering and we are co-creating with the universe. So there is an element of surrender and an element of action required. That is the art of (laughs) co-creation. There's like two sides to it. And so this step is just about moving in the right direction where possible. And even if you don't know if it's the right direction, at least starting to take steps that can help to lead you to the right direction, essentially. Like you might start looking at car yards if you're trying to manifest a car. And during that process, you might have like a family friend that is suddenly selling like the absolute perfect car for you and it's the exact car you were looking for. Like you just don't know how things are going to play out, but you can start moving in the general direction of what you're trying to manifest. So for this step, write out the actual action steps that you could start taking to move in the direction of your manifestation and don't just write them out, but actually start doing them. And so that was our final step. So these are the steps I follow when manifesting and bear in mind that these steps might not necessarily be done as like chronological like one two three four five bam done order (laughs) like it's kind of like a balancing act of doing all of these things especially for big manifestations like it might look like step one and then step two and then step three and then back to step two like I found a block I need to work on the block and then step four like an action step and then back to step two like another block's come up I need to work on the block and then step three I'm stressing about the how, like I need to surrender and then step four, an opportunity for another action step. And then back to step two, like I've identified another block. It's not necessarily like a perfectly linear process. You're kind of balancing them as you go and you're balancing, taking the action steps and forming new beliefs and surrendering and recognizing when blocks come up. And that brings us back to what I mentioned at the very top of the episode which is why it really does become like a lifestyle change because it's not just a matter of sitting down for like 15 minutes and writing all of these steps out and then going back to your life and going about your business as usual and not actually like making any changes because if nothing changes, you're just in the same spot you were when you started, which is the spot you're in where you don't have your manifestation So we actually want to be embodying these steps. And initially when we start on this journey, it takes a bit of effort because that's not what's natural to us. Like we essentially need to be forming new habits. And these are habits where we can identify blocks when they come up and where we show up as the version of us who has everything that we want and habits where we're able to catch ourselves in those moments where we are having limiting beliefs and we're able to kind of stop ourselves and be like, wait, that belief isn't serving me. But as we go and as we're putting these things into practice and as we're learning and forming those new habits, 
it does become easier. It becomes like second nature and it becomes easier and easier. And soon we're doing it almost without even trying. Like it's not something we are consciously doing. It's something that our subconscious is just doing for us. And that's the level we really want to be at. And that is the level where manifestation just becomes this really easy, flowy thing where you can get to a point where you can just write something down and kind of identify what you want and all of that other stuff, like the identifying blocks and the forming new beliefs and the action steps and whatnot just becomes a lot more natural because you've made that shift essentially into training your brain to just in that state by default, in that state of identifying blocks and rewiring beliefs and doing all of that kind of stuff. And that's not to say that it's not ongoing work, like it is stuff that we always need to be working towards, but the more that we're doing it, the easier it becomes. So that is all that I have for you guys today. I hope you did find this episode really, really helpful. Um, I hope some of the stuff we've talked about you're able to, I guess, start implementing in your own life and with your own desires and manifesting practices. And I hope for those of you who are completely new to manifestation or haven't ever really tried it before, I hope this provided you with like a very useful framework for starting to do that kind of work and actually starting to manifest. If you do have any questions about anything I've discussed today, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. Like, please feel free to pop questions through to me. Um, on Instagram is probably the best platform for that. So my Instagram is energetics and alchemy. And yeah, I would really love to hear from you guys. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, I do have a free guided meditation visualization download available on my website, which is energeticsandalchemy.com.au. So if you haven't downloaded that already, I would 100% suggest that you do and that you give it a go because it is a really, really useful tool. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode and for listening all the way to the end. Sending everyone really, really good vibes, lots of love. Um, I appreciate you guys listening so much. And yeah, I hope everyone has a really beautiful day, week month um and rest of 2023 because we are very close to the end of the year so um I mean I will obviously talk to you before then but yeah I hope everyone is just really making the most out of these last few weeks of the year before we go into 2024 thank you guys again and I will talk to you in the next episode bye